0: Oh, there's that music. Happiness music. We didn't we didn't have that yesterday. I missed it. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the DNBR Nuggets Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, <go. laughs>
1: Let's freaking
0: go. Taco Tuesday edition of the show. Presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. You can use promo code DNBR whenever you sign up. Gamble along with us, win some money with us, get rich with us, all of those fun things. Today we begin a new era of the DNVR Nuggets podcast, the prospect portion. We start ramping up for the draft today. We were supposed to do it yesterday. A little news nugget drops in the middle of the day, changed the plans. But today we get into it with Tari Eason, Jalen Williams. Going to talk a little, uh, Andrew Wiggins as well, to open up the show. But first, let me introduce my panel of esteemed colleagues. Down below me, wearing all green, it's Brendan Vote.
2: Hey, fellas, how are we doing? I'm excited to uh, do yesterday's show today. That's I also tried to day. do tomorrow's... Um, presser today. I'm just gonna admit that. Pull the pull the curtain back. Rolled yes, up the stop, ball stop arena. By. It's a Tuesday.
0: Yeah. So um, a stop by light shade slightly less frequently. Over here we got D line go. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah Brendan, even I knew that and I'm not a credentialed uh, reporter. Yeah.
0: Thought it was Wednesday. You know? <laughs> I'm not perfect. You know what? I actually can't make fun of you. I've on numerous occasions gotten the wrong day when I've introduced this show. So today is a Tuesday edition. I got it right today. Uh, and then over there the handsome one. Uh, still single, ladies, still single, and Wind. Yeah, for uh, five more days. Five so, more days. Uh, get at me. Get at me if you're interested. <laughs> um, <laughs> guys, we're going to talk about those prospects today. I told you yesterday like we were going to get all of it out of our system with the um, Tim Conley stuff. I'm sure there will be some news and nuggets that come up. But I didn't want to spend the whole week contextualizing what it meant. Or this or that. Like, you want to get it all out. You want to share all the perspectives. I think all of the perspectives are now out there. I haven't heard a new one in the last 24 hours. So I think they're all out there. Take that with what, for, uh, however you want to. You can go back and listen to those shows if you want to kind of get those perspectives. I will say that tomorrow, Josh Cronkey is scheduled to speak. And this is meaningful because it's been a while since we've heard him speak. And also, when the news went down, one of my first thoughts was, is he going to talk to us? Like, is he going to, or is this going to be one of those ones that just goes and we don't hear from anyone? Which I would consider to be somewhat of a, you know, like a cowardly move. But honestly, this was a thing the Nuggets came out right away, and say, hey, he's going to talk, he's going to address the media. I thought it was a really cool thing. Harrison, what do you sort of anticipate in this uh, first meeting with uh, Josh Kroenke in the media in, in several years?
1: Well, I was trying to go back and find the last time Josh Kroenke spoke to the media in a formal setting like not a radio interview, not a right appearance on the road trip and podcast. <laughs> and I think, I think the last time he did a formal press conference and like Saturday podium and took questions was when Paul Millsap signed here. No way. In 2017. No way that you have and to after more. that, he took a, group of reporters aside after the Nuggets drafted Michael Porter Jr at that intro presser and we talked to him then that was in 2018 I could be wrong I feel like I would have been there if he did have a press conference since then
0: I couldn't find it though vote it doesn't feel like it's been that long right like the Paul Millsap arrival I mean that was that was a lifetime ago I don't even know. Were you out here by that? I was, I was,
2: but I think Harrison's right. I mean, that's the only time I can remember an official presser with him or the last time I can remember one. I also think I saw a, a snippet of that. Chris Dempsey asked him a question about a practice facility. In that twenty-eight seventeen presser? <laughs> and he's on the record saying, yeah, there's a couple of deals that we're excited about. I, been, I can't uh, wait to
0: follow up on that tomorrow, actually. Yeah, Very it's excited. been
2: five years, so that's a follow-up I've got for
0: sure. I mean, here's the thing. Tomorrow does represent a Facing the Music day for yeah, for, for Bucky a little bit. Like, like. I don't know how much he's been avoiding media, although the Comcast deal, there's like a reason. That's the number one reason. It's, it's funny. Everybody's going to ask it's about Tim Conley, right? And the new change of directions. But this is really a chance to ask him about, hey, like, what is the obligation of an owner to a city? And like, if that team is unavailable, like, I know it's a bad deal or that's, that's tough or whatever, but what is the obligation outside of the business portion of this? Is there one? Um, that's a question he hasn't answered. So, D line, is there anything you hope to hear tomorrow when we hear from?
3: from Josh Um I don't know. Uh it this is like a, a different situation. Yeah what? because I mean there are things that I want to hear but I don't know if any of This is a a, a um I'm going to hear words but unfortunately I've already seen the actions kind of thing like Yeah yeah. I true. don't know what what I can hear from him that will make me feel any better about the situation outside of just you know, I mean I I definitely want to hear him like reaffirm his devotion to the Denver Nuggets and the fan base and all of these things that will feel good to hear, but unfortunately are going to feel a little hollow, uh, since we saw the end of the movie first. Um, so I don't know, I don't know what I want to hear. <laughs>
0: what if it's a movie you know like um that's done in reverse like memento or something you see the ending you don't know what yeah that. yeah
3: yeah so like he comes back in and he's like we've rehired tim <laughs> <laughs> we're
0: like whoa this be. is amazing <laughs> i hope um look because i've seen a lot of people saying like oh it's going to be you know kid gloves or he's only going to field questions for specific people i mean the whole media is going to be there i have to imagine there's going to be some hard questions asked i mean i i'm tonight i told harris and i were talking before i'm like this is one of those pressers usually a presser you kind of come in with a question or two this is one where you probably dedicate a half hour an hour to like jot things down be like go into the presser with your like list of things you want to hopefully accomplish the one thing i will say i i hope the presser lasts a while like sometimes there's this like default length to a presser if it's a regular every day you're trying to get Jokic, 10 minutes max like it's maybe seven eight minutes you get and then PR is like, last one, you know, like, let's jump in. But if it's one of these ones, if it's one of these ones, 20, 30 minutes, like, you, you should expect to be able to speak for a long time. Do you well, like the yeah, PR I, voices? That I, was good. I, I did. That was
1: that was a great impression. Um, I, I was appreciative that when the Nuggets did the exit interviews with Jamal Murray, with Michael Porter, with Tim Connolly, with Mike Malone after the season, those really went on for as long mm-hmm. as anybody had questions. Right i i i don't know if we're gonna get that with josh tomorrow but i i think it w- would be lengthy
0: i'll take I'll, i'm gonna take s- slight credit for for uh the tim conley malone pressers being so long uh I, if you guys remember sam Presty did an exit interview and it yeah. was two and a half hours <laughs> see that that's too long that's, that's <laughs> just too long that's like at,
1: at that point it's just a bit you know yeah it is.
0: <laughs> but two and a half hours think about how long of a presser if you're just sitting there for two and a half hours but I did send that one both to Tim and uh, and to Douggett's PR, it uh, just sent it saying like, "Hey, you know, the standard has been set. <laughs> like, there's, there's a new bar. <laughs> there's a new bar. Two hours. Um, I hope that it's a lengthy presser tomorrow because I just, Josh, there's a lot of things people I think are very interested in. And I'm excited to get to them. Um, I did want to go on a rant today, and it's funny. I was I went to get lunch today, and as I'm driving, I'm listening to Zach Lowe's pod and yesterday that i was supposed to do this yesterday i wanted to do the whole talk about the warriors because i to me they're just so impressive and what is happening with them this season is so important i really believe this so important for the league to take notice in denver in particular to take notice about their success this season and i listened, i'm listening to zach Lospod. He's basically given a very similar sort of like like speech or encapsulation of why this is so intriguing to him and it made me like i was like okay i wasn't going to do it but i gotta i gotta go into it eric you famously picked the warriors to win the title here you're going to end up looking like a genius maybe if, Part of this has to do... Wait, we'll see. I think the Celtics still can challenge them, although the Celtics have dropped like flies, and as like have all of these teams. But nonetheless, the Warriors look better every single time they go out. They have championship pedigree. I like your thing about, can this team that dominated everyone when they were healthy, they go away for two years and you think, was the magic gone? Turns out it's not. There's something about the Golden State Warriors, because they are talented. They have Steph Curry. They have Draymond Green. They are talented. There's something else about them that makes it so they reach their ceiling every single year, no matter who you get. And no so few teams you can say this about, even championship teams, it's almost like they force their way through their, their, through their will and, and this or that. The Warriors just feel like they figure out the best utility of themselves, all buy in, and then a, achieve it. And I think that nobody is better indicative of this than Andrew Wiggins. And this is where, and I don't wanna get into relitigating the Tim Conley thing, but I was thinking about this over the last two days. And how important, like, Bob Myers makes that move, the GM. Bring in Andrew Wiggins for D'Angelo Russell. Nobody, nobody looked at that deal and said, this is going to be a great one. Like, they looked at it and kind of thought, like, okay, well, Andrew Wiggins is salary, and it becomes this, and then they could flip it, and they could pair it with this. And you started thinking this. Nobody was like, oh, Andrew Wiggins provides the thing that they're lacking out there. Like, that's, Andrew Wiggins is the defensive ace and rebounder or whatever but the more optimistic people that speculated thought you get it into the culture, you get him into the culture and let's see what happens. Let's see if you get the best of him. last year, work in progress this year. Unbelievable. How good Andrew Wiggins is for that team. Honest to God. Unbelievable. How good he is. The biggest Andrew Wiggins supporter could not have envisioned him becoming this version of himself that fits so seamlessly into a team. And this is one of the things I'm talking about. You send Andrew Wiggins to another similar quality team, but where the fit is not certain and, okay, he's had some baggage. It does not happen this way. You send him into that. You build a great culture. You cultivate it. And that comes from not just from Bob Myers. That comes from ownership. comes from Bob Myers. It comes from Steve Kerr. comes from Draymond Green. It comes from Steph Curry. All of them together create a cohesive culture that when Andrew Wiggins arrives there in one and a half seasons – all of a sudden he's a finals mvp level player on, on this team and you look at it and you go like my god like andrew wiggins is incredible i can't believe it i just wanted to bring it up because to me everybody fans especially of the last 10 years look at basketball as this building a model plane there's instructions and this works and this works and you put this piece here and this and everything makes sense on paper you just have to get it all, out into the universe to work it's not how it works the longer you're around basketball the more you see it, it's not that. It's about how do you get the guy, these guys to all be moving in the same direction. The Golden State Warriors have done that better than anyone I've ever seen outside of San Antonio. And as a result, they're going to be headed to, what, their sixth finals in eight years? Yep. Absurd.
2: It, it reminds me a lot of what Jokic said when he said, we got to start doing everything together. I just felt like what he was trying to yes. articulate was this kind of brain you know the same wavelength thing that they're on as competitors on the floor but then the work they put in off the floor you touched on this all much easier to do with the right stars in place golden state has a trio of perfect ones for this i Um, have a duo of perfect ones yeah who's the trio is it clay well yeah i guess you're right i kind of just threw clay in there but i see your point that steph and draymond are more leader types but all the same these three guys being your most talented guys are of a certain personality type that's conducive to this and it, for me, it's the sort of bigger point I've been on with Denver the last week is Golden State drafted Steph, and a lot of things went right for them. It wasn't just Steph, it was was J- clay Katie comes over. But as an org, they rode that wave. Right. And when Steph retires, I mean, the Golden State Warriors were not in an awesome place before this dynasty as an org. And I think when Steph hangs it up, like the Chase Center, the coaching staff, the front office's vision, and then just this sort of Patriots, Spurs-esque kind of you walk into the building, you know what the culture is, you know what's expected of them. Golden State rode this wave of talent into an evolution as an organization, right. and it's something few <laughs> orgs do, and it's it's sort of why I've been so bummed with the, the latest developments in Denver.
0: But Eric, part of this is, w- remember the Nuggets were the next Warriors, right? Four years ago, mm-hmm. the articles were coming out like, hey, man, we see a lot of similarities, and maybe they are. Maybe they are. But one thing I will say is when you talk about the buy-in from every level of this, you've got Joe Lacob, who really is, I hate to say it, trust me, it brings me no joy to say this, light years ahead of his competition. He really does sink an absurd amount of money. I mean, one of the things that makes the Warriors, the Warriors is they have this tax bill that's like absolutely ridiculous. They're just like, ah, we don't care. This is what we do. Then you have it from management, ownership, to management, to coaching staff, to players. It's not that they get along 24 seven. It's not that they don't have disagreements, but they're moving in the same direction. They all work and there's that continuity there. So to me, that's like I want the Nuggets to be the next Warriors I just there there are big reasons why I'm worried they are not
3: well I will say that uh, Andrew Wiggins is um Aaron Gordon it's the same thing sure a guy that was supposed to be the the leader of a team Minnesota wasn't ready to lead uh looked foolish at times for it uh was then written off and then found a home where he was not looked at as the guy that was meant to lead the squad. Like he has a purpose and like to be, to come in and and be the guy that can get hot when clay is not hot, when Steph is not hot, when Jordan Poole is not hot. Then you have Andrew Wiggins. I mean, this team is just like wave after wave after wave of guys that can beat you if they just get hot, which is, uh, pretty remarkable and honestly like is sort of like, in my mind, kind of breaks basketball. It's just like if you just get a bunch of talented guys that And as you're talking about play together in a way that is complementary, and understand that they are, and and a lot of this came organically over time. I mean, you know, they, they were not good. They were not good. Suddenly they played the nuggets in the playoffs. They destroyed them. Uh, they ruined my hopes, ruined my dreams. And then from that point on, like they've sort of understood, uh, the, the, that core of players, Draymond, Clay and Steph are so bulletproof that like anything else that happens around them, people don't have to come in and worry about the culture it's exactly like it was with the spurs with you have that strong foundation you don't come in patriots same thing like you just guys just said like you 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 don't come in you're like okay how am i going to make my name for myself on this team it's like no how am i going to be a piece of the machine right is this right. team how am i going to fit into them as opposed to how am i going to make my own mark here and so um the the nuggets are like not that far off i mean the the, the tough this is like the, my one talking point all fucking year long is that the warriors did not make the playoffs last year they did not make the the playoffs the year before in fact they were horrible the year before and the really the only major difference is that they didn't have clay thompson and Something well, about like
0: also with Clay with with, sure. I mean, with Draymond and with Steps like if yes but
3: yeah. yes but I mean like that was the major major difference but yes health continuity getting those three pieces in place where sort of everything else falls by the wayside like you're gonna get good from some players sometimes not other times but like other teams like the Mavericks like rely on Reggie Bullock like. And he scores zero points last game, and they get, they lose. That's it. Like, if you relied on Jordan Poole in the same way that they rely on Reggie Bullock and he has a bad game, you lose. But, like, the Warriors, are like, all right, whatever. Like, Andrew, this is your game. Like, you step up. Every game's going to be a Clay game, every game's going to be a Steph game. Draymond's going to do what he does. It's just like they're a goddamn machine. They're goddamn shit but, but
0: you mentioned like Poole and Wiggins and Kaminga and all these guys. I just, it's so easy to overestimate how those guys get to that point. Like, it's really hard. If that was the way, like, every team would get it. And when you said that Andrew Wiggins is Aaron Gordon, yes and no. He's some combination of Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter in this one regard. Like, for one, he had a five-year max that he was starting that everyone's yep. like the worst contract in the nba now if the warriors this offseason called anybody and said here's andrew wiggins they'd be like sweet are you serious he's available yeah so this is part of it and you hope the same thing can happen with michael porter like to me aaron gordon Sup- to my surprise, I don't. I credit the Nuggets' culture a little bit. I mean, really a lot. But I also credit Aaron Gordon. I think he Perfect. wanted to win. I think he just wanted to make that decision. Michael Porter to me is the next one up. Like he's the he right now is almost as much the Andrew Wiggins as anyone. Is it's like could he be a great player in a different way? Yes, but they need him to be a great player in a very specific way, which is in my opinion no less great, just different. And we haven't had an opportunity to see if he'll become that. His opportunity was cut short. Harrison, see, what do you think? See, t- I, oh, okay. go ahead. I think
1: the bigger point is Andrew Wiggins like totally remade himself as a player in some ways this season in golden state. And there are only a couple of teams. I feel like where he would have done that. Right. Um, it was obviously wasn't happening in any of his previous stops, but it took a special circumstance in golden state to bring it out of him. And I mean, he's upped his rebounding in the playoffs. His shot attempts are down. He's making the little plays, making the hustle plays And I think it's uh, has a lot to do with the golden state culture. And it also has a lot to do with who the personnel uh, that the warriors have is and who the leaders of that team are. And they have a guy in Draymond green who can go over to Andrew Wiggins and say, if you play like you did in Minnesota, we're going to sit your ass down on the bench and you're not going to play. If you want to play here, and be a role player and contribute to winning and be the piece that we need to win a championship, you're going to rebound and play defense and make open shots and let me, Stephen clay do the heavy lifting on the offensive end. And that's what the nuggets are missing. They don't, they need that guy to be able to look Will Barton in the eye, to be able to look Aaron Gordon in the eye, to look Michael Porter jr in the eye and tell them like, this is how you need to play for us to be successful. And that guy probably has to be Jamal Murray you know, to develop into that type of leader. I don't think he can really be anybody else. Um, but that's the other element here. Like Draymond Green has um, just enough, uh, enough control over that organization. He's built up enough rep as a player and as a leader to be able to put everybody in line. And it's another reason why Andrew Wiggins is
2: good. All of a sudden. Right. I also get the sense that some of the Nuggets had this takeaway from playing the Warriors, this version of the Warriors. Uh, I love the Malone, Yoke's quote we referenced earlier, the Malone presser, which had a different tone and sense of urgency to it. I think everyone just sort of understanding that, that – um, that business-like approach. I saw someone put in the chat, KD was talking about this on JJ's pod, that those Warriors title years, it was everyone from the owner down to the ball boys seemed to get it. Like this right. year is about something bigger right. than me and about us as a group and moving towards this this collective goal. So uh, I I will also say this, Harrison, I don't know if you remember, one of my big takeaways being in the building post Aaron Gordon trade before the injuries... I felt like there was a real air of seriousness to like, they, they were the way those guys were walking onto the court to start the game, the high fives before the game, there was just a level of, of, of focus that almost came before the, we're also going to enjoy this. And it was really exciting to see. Um, and so it's just something you hope that they, this is the evolution, right. For, for, for not just any one player, but the Denver nuggets going forward. Yeah,
3: but the the, the yeah. Warriors weren't always this. Like for sure, when they they have had to grow into the, this is like the Nuggets can be the Warriors. They're just at the beginning sure. oh, stages of, course, of it. Of like they just need that 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 spark where it all all like it just all of a sudden clicks for them. The, the year before they went on just their holy uh fire from hell tour 2014 ever since yes they 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 were not that they they like that was the you know everybody references
0: 2014 warriors
3: yeah i think so too
0: murray injury it was like okay they're right Right. on the the precipice except
3: Um, for that except for that like the, the those warriors were the sixth seed um as when they came in and they they really still hadn't figured it out until some like that was the first time that yeah. we really saw Steph Curry catch fire in a way where he was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, right. I'm going to shoot with reckless abandon and they're going to go in a lot. And not only is it going to give us three points as opposed to two points, it's going to demoralize the other, the other squad. I mean, I, I've never felt more demoralized than I when Steph Curry would just start uh, to do things that I'd never seen another player nothing do like outside of Jr. Like Smith, it. right, dude. It was but crazy. You know what? You're like, People all right, well, yo, know,
0: I know it's different because threes
3: are splashier
0: and make the crowd lighter, but like, Yoke hitting his BS seven footers that he just hits every time, like, has yes. the same effect. Like, I, you hop into like another team's Twitter or Reddit or whatever, like after a game, and you're like, how the hell does Yoke hit seven straight floaters? Like, well, it's because of what he does. I don't know. It's his shot. Like, he's gonna hit those in the next game too. I just. Again, I don't want to credit anyone. My, my whole point of bringing them up is I could sit here and tell you the Warriors' success is because of Steph Curry, not his play. I'm talking about the culture. is because of Steph Curry and his play. I could tell you it's because of Draymond. I think it's both. I could tell you it's because of Kerr. I think it is because of Kerr too. I think because of Bob Myers and his management, because Joe Lacob. There is a cohesiveness in that entire organization, and I just don't think, unless you see behind the curtain, I don't think you know how rare that is it's extremely rare there's it's more common to have a divisiveness in a single front office meaning like you have factions of a front office that are like having a cold war with each other and playing the media have different sources that they are people that they talk to and leak information and the warriors just seem to have none of that they all move in the same direction and here we are eight years into their championship window and still humming along and going strong and it's just so impressive and i agree eric the Nuggets are very close, and I think Jokic. This is the point he is saying: I don't have to close my eyes; I see it. We have the talent; we just have to work together. Because if you don't have the talent, you're just the 2014 Hawks. Right? It's like right. you're really good, but it's like, come on, nobody takes you seriously. That's not the Nuggets. They right. have Jokic to start. Nope. Right, they right. also have Jamal Murray and Michael Porter and Aaron Gore. They have the talent. It's the question is: Can we get on the same page? Because they have never been on the same page to the degree the Warriors are. But they've also haven't had a great chance, a great opportunity. But that's the task in front of them, and I just thought it was so interesting because the Warriors, to me, are the best story in basketball, and I do see a chance for the Warrior for the Nuggets to be just like them starting next year. Let's take a break. On the other side, we'll get into some of these prospects, starting with Tari Eason. Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR,
1: they are doing something for the Avs playoff run where they're pretty much giving you a free beer um, because <laughs> when the Avs score two goals in the first period, which has been happening, uh, you get a free beer. You get a free Avalanche Amber Ale on game day. Start your Avs game with an Avalanche Amber Ale at any bar or restaurant. Make sure you save your receipt, though. If the Avs score two or more goals in the first period, Breck Brew, the official beer of DNVR, will pay for your beer. Just upload your receipt on BreckBrew.com. They send you a rebate as easy as that. Uh, so check out Breck Brew, the official beer of DNVR. And during the Avs playoff run, make sure you're drinking Avalanche. Amber Ale at DraftKings Sportsbook, the NBA playoff action. It's non-stop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win, get $150 in free bets if they do. If you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs, check out DraftKings same game parlays. Right now, all customers, not just new customers, all customers can place a same-game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Make sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Promo code DNVR. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsman for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700
0: all right here back segment two we're going to start talking about tari eason as our first player that we're going to highlight we're going to get into i don't know maybe 20 different guys look, look at this. these beautiful graphics it worked left side fully formed right side still in progress but look at how gorgeous this is uh eric you want to walk us through this beautiful baseball basketball card
3: yeah first off this is a basketball card um Thank you. not a baseball card um Thank i it's I, I put his name on there i also Absolutely. selected a photo of him um, and then where he went to school and that he's a forward. i
0: regret throwing to you for the yeah. second um, really, really really cool um let's get into it we're gonna do a couple we want to have sort of a cohesive way of going about these so i have some notes i took tari eason um wind wrote about tari by the way last week you can go check that out as well we also use some great resources i want to give a shout out to uh adam spinella who's been on the show friend of the show adam spinella who does a great job getting into all these um making videos for all the top prospects uh that i highly recommend people go and check out so here's tari EC. he's 21 years old played at lsu he actually played i believe at cincinnati for a season win maybe you can help me with this and then transferred to lsu i believe um yeah. and then had a season here um just to start off i want to start with physical traits here yeah that's too choppy kale it doesn't look like it's going to work sadly appropriately enough um but six foot eight 220 um good wingspan here's the thing physically and i don't want you to get lost because it's a very different player physically he has the profile of a wilson chandler like if you just if you were just looking at like what does he look like on the court like size wise I think it's Wilson Chandler and then he has this crazy seven foot two wingspan that's absolutely insane, um and and it serves him very well on the defensive end, so if you picture Wilson Chandler and then like stylistic comps man these are hard to come by, <laughs> the the comp I have when I'm watching him Harrison you might lie, this might actually be before all you guys kind of reminds me of Leon Poe. <laughs> do you guys remember the Leon Poe era in Boston. Huh. At all? I did not get that impression at all. But <laughs> uh, I mean, I could be way off on these. There's, there's in fact, it, it might be right. But the reason wow. I say that is that he's kind of raw, but he's he's kind of like um, Tory Craig esque almost, and like he produces. His numbers are really good. You look at that: seventeen points per game, six and a half rebounds per game. The the counting stats defensively: one point nine steals per game, one point one blocks is like really wild. Those are really good, especially for the minute. I think he played around twenty five minutes per game, so he produces. Like, he produces, but it's a little clunky and it's a little bit ugly. Um, the first thing I'll say about his measurables, <laughs> you, might, you might like this one, male form corner. Elite measurables, he's got really low hips. Huh. Like,
1: when
3: you oh. watch him
0: play, well, it's like the opposite <laughs> of Bulbul, right? Whose hips were, like, so high up. Like His yeah, hip hips do not his- lie yeah he has like low hips and i think it gives him a lower center of gravity like really good balance when you the thing about him is he's six foot eight but he kind of moves like a guard defensively he's just very reacts really really well slides left to right guards the perimeter really well extremely long and it just makes him so disruptive because he's got those long arms long contests and on the perimeter i just feel like he's going to be able to guard you know a lot of positions but yeah, but, but low hip, like when you watch him, you'll kind of see what I'm talking about. He just, he looks like a long, I love guy.
3: this is like when a baby is born and you don't talk about its height. You talk about its length or the amount of months what? it's been alive. Uh, when you talk about low you're hips, about what you're really talking about is what you're really talking about is short legs. He has short <laughs> legs, which. But I love that you framed it as low hips. When <laughs> he shows you
2: their baby, you're like, I don't know, man.
3: You're like, you yeah, you're like, uh, how long is that baby? Like, yeah. we're talking about height, right? The man has. Short legs, but I'm interested. He doesn't. That. He doesn't have short legs.
0: I mean, this is the thing. Like you make it sound. This is my thing about basketball in general: is that you're talking about very abnormally shaped people to begin with. They sure, all have sure. Like, they Almost all have something weird about their physical traits. This is his, like, and it serves him. Again, I short think it, the reason I bring it up is because he's really mobile on the perimeter, especially defensively. When what do you? mean I gotta say. To oh,
3: go ahead. Oh, just quickly. I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I'll derail this, uh, but uh, I'm just in, in my time watching basketball as a moron and a, just a guy, an, a, an observer of life and things uh, outside of what other people watch basketball with. I've noticed long arms, almost the most important thing in basketball, long arms, big hands. With well, the one exception point, of D-line. Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain is the yeah. one guy that breaks <laughs> this. He has the shortest arms in the NBA. Somehow he's dominant. Everybody else with long arms is somehow awesome.
1: Well, I'm glad you bring up that point, D-line, because you know who measured the widest hands at the NBA Combine just this last week? It was Tari Eason.
2: The 11-inch wide, huh?
1: wide hands.
2: Does this count as addressing a weakness for the Nuggets?
1: Maybe he <laughs> has <size>. the third <laughs> longest the hands, hands and the
0: <laughs> widest hands. All right, I'm updating, I'm updating my physical comp. Again, this yeah, is yeah, yeah. stylistic comp. I'm, I'm updating it to Kawhi Leonard. And actually, one of the reasons – so, he is. Like physically, he really is. Let's like, go. If you yes. want to know something Draft actually kind of funny, Kawhi Leonard also kind of uh, um, low hips.
1: Oh uh-huh. so it's short is- legs.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> My take on Tari is the reason I look into him is because last week I wrote about three prospects who could maybe in some way be this year's version of Herb Jones, which like that's the guy the Nuggets are trying to find this year. No, Herb hold Jones. Up, hold up.
0: That's that's every year there's a new are we gonna find the next whatever? And this
3: year yeah. it's Herb Jones. Like he was so right. good late in the pick. Yeah.
0: This year.
1: Next We're not Joe gonna Lugans. just.
3: There'll be a new the guy well, though. You're right. All I'm mean, saying, right.
1: saying is the Nuggets are gonna look to find somebody who is a high upside defender, yeah. is long, whose probably best position is the three. I'm, I you know, if they had it their way, like a, a three or right, maybe right. like a big two, a guy who can play really good defense and a guy that hopefully can contribute sooner rather than later. Like right. I think that's the mold of a best-case scenario draft prospect for Denver. And, I mean, Tari Eason, he's not Herb Jones because what people forget about Herb Jones is he was a four-year player in college. He was, you know, somewhat polished for, uh, for a guy coming out. Like, he played in a ton of big games. He played, you know, a ton of basketball in the SEC. Eason is a lot more raw. But if you look at some of their numbers, like, Herb Jones and Tari Easton. I think there's definitely a comparison to be made there. I mean, Herb Jones last year, one of the big stats about him was he was the only player in a high major conference to record a block percentage over 4%, a steal percentage over 3%, and an assist percentage over 20% during his senior year. Herb Jones is a good passer. Tari Easton is not that type of passer. He only averaged like two assists per 40 minutes this season, but... He had a 6.2 block percentage and a 4.5 steal percentage. Like, both those are, you know, well above what Herb Jones did his senior year. So, like, the defensive production from Tari Eason is absolutely there. And and Mm -hmm. you look at him, I think, as a guy who could, like, be a very, a very high upside defensive player, both on the ball and off the ball, too.
3: He also yeah. has my favorite, my favorite trait when we're talking about basketball players, when they can't shoot <laughs> <laughs> Well, my yeah. favorite, every, yeah. every year we're like, oh, he's great at basketball. The only thing he's not good at is shooting and dribbling. And you're like, well, well okay.
0: <laughs> both of those things uh, definitely high on the list here real quick. So some more background on him. He won a state title, high school state title in Washington, beating out who? Paolo Bencaro. He put up 21 and 14 points against Palo in the uh, championship game, uh, allegedly outplayed him in route to a state title, which is not a big deal but it's something to take note of. Like I always I'm always interested in those things. Super athletic. I, I mean he is a guy that has like again, those big hands, he dunks a lot, he gets to the rim. He's a great like get to the rim finish guy. I mean that's kind of part of what it is. This is, when I talk later on about him being raw. The pro- there's players that are raw but don't and don't produce. Big red flag. When you're raw, but you do produce, like you still score, even though you don't have like very polished skill set, you're a hooper. I think you
2: can be very intrigued. And he's an aggressive guy. I mean, he got to the line a lot. That's how he scored a lot. He's also a guy that could help the Nuggets in transition, where they are woeful on both ends. They're just, they just, for whatever <laughs> yeah. reason, um. And he's a guy who I think on both ends in that regard can help a lot. Look, the the baseline thing with Tari, like the for, before you get into sort of nitpicking at some of these other details you go he is a wing like he fits He is properly sized he is a body type denver is missing um he's a guy that you think could be a part of multiple defensive lineups because he has some versatility so it's just it's just one of the body types one of the archetypes denver is lacking
0: i do wonder if he's a little bit more of a 3.5 and maybe even a four than he mm. is a three, but we'll talk about that here in a second. Okay. He was right. fifth in college in, in defensive box plus minus. Plays with a great motor, um, and again, effective. It, it, we'll go now. You can pull up the strengths and weakness there, Kale. And I'll just kind of go through them. This is from my perspective. Uh one-on-one defense, but also his help side defense is very strong. Like he's I think he's gonna be a good defensive player if he To me, his route to being a great NBA player is through being a great defensive player, and then the offense you know, fitting into with a system that he is placed into. But one-on-one defense, I just think he shows a lot of proudness. Athleticism, I, I combine athleticism and body, like he just has a great NBA body. Just a, a great NBA body um, oh, that I think will him, yeah. including those including those low hips. And then his motor, I mean this is why I wanted to be careful with the Wilson Chandler comp because while physically he might have some of the same measurables as a Wilson Chandler, he plays a lot more With the energy of a jared vanderbilt or somebody you know like that where he just he's always going hard it's ugly at times but he's always playing hard and when you have the talent portion of your roster down sometimes you just need a guy that plays hard and crashes into people and draws fouls um Mm -hmm. he all weaknesses on the other side yeah his shot's pretty ugly as most of his game is pretty ugly like a lot of his scoop shots around the rim and stuff just are like look like absolute garbage but again the production (laughs) is what matters um did they go handle. In? Um, not, not not so much. Uh his shots <laughs> around the rim, his shots around the rim actually do go in a lot. I mean, some of this is that he dunks a lot, but some of it is also just that he's a head-down rhinoceros. Um, handle <laughs> uses his uh the worst part about him to me, the maybe the most concerning part, there's parts of people's game like some guys work on their shot, they just don't have good touch. Handle to me is the one where I'm like you can kind of see what like where you are in development. He has he is maybe the most right hand dominant prospect I've ever seen. <laughs> that guy makes moves to the left like going right to left with his right hand like just almost Stanley from the office esque in the way he would cross his body. So um, those things to me are, when we say raw, there's there's raws and you have to work on like pick and roll reads and this that and then there's raw that's like when you go left you should use your left hand.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and i mean Sick. that's
0: that's gonna be a little concerning for
1: from a nuggets perspective because i really do think like they're not trying to take a project here they're, yeah. they're they're not trying to take an rj hampton i don't think i mean maybe i'm wrong maybe calvin booth is even you know more of a draft dude than tim conley is like maybe maybe calvin booth is just really looking no to chance hit a home run with this long-term prospect i don't think that's the case but um the, I, I just think they're gonna want somebody who they feel comfortable throwing out their game one right
2: yeah and I guess what I mean but you know about being a wing like I understand he is a little more of a power forward in terms of how he's been used I just mean he's a body type that can guard three four and get down to some twos probably even as well not have, you know we'll see how how big the range is at the okay. next level but just a guy who can guard those six seven six eight dudes and, and be versatile Denver just has very few of those guys.
0: Yeah, we'll go in quickly to wrap up this segment here. Um, where, what position will he would he play in Denver? What's interesting about this? Obviously, I think he's more of a prospect guy. Like, you know, he would probably follow like a two or three year trajectory to getting real minutes. I don't think he's a guy like Bones that's going to come in and play a bunch. Although you never know. We'll see how the roster shakes out. Um, but I think he is more like a Jeff Green. Meaning, I, I to me, when I watch him play, I'm, I'm worried he might be best at power forward. Or at small forward alongside michael Porter you know as the two forward okay. I, I don't know that it's going to be like you're gonna go with him and AG and have a functional offense defense um mm-hmm. type so that's that's one thing Harrison what I do you think, think? one
3: thing I, which I just want to bring up one thing from the chat um kD goat 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 great comment just absolutely perfect. Man, it's so true. Flows super
2: relevant he's the triple goat. Where do you think Tari might go in the draft? Or like, what well we'll algorithm? get there at the end, vote. Oh. We'll get there at the
0: end. You're jumping my show prep important. We have a little format here. Oh, We're gonna oh, do a problem. Sometimes, uh, sometimes Harrison what, on Audible and flow. Uh ha- Harrison, positionally, what do you see him as at the next level? I see him as a 3-4, but
1: and, and maybe like yeah. I, it's gonna be tough because probably how you know how much he can handle the ball is gonna determine if he can play the three. But I think it could be a three, you know, three, four shuffle between those two positions. But the the thing you like about him is he can guard probably, you know, one through five, maybe in some lineups like he is a prototypical switch guy on defense. And I, I think that's something that's really exciting about him.
0: I like the Kaminga comp. The one thing I'll say about Kaminga, I don't know how they compare athletically. Kaminga is one of the best athletes I've ever seen. Like Some of his dunks are so absurd. I'm like, holy hell. I think Eason is a really good athlete, and he has that long wingspan. but And he might be as good of an athlete. I just – Kaminga really blows me away. Um, Mm -hmm. When we go – all right, how does he fit with Jokic? So he's a long boy. This is, that, that really matters. And he's an athlete. Like we just haven't given Yoke a ton of athletes. And I'm very curious if you did play him alongside, just again, in theory, these lineups probably won't ha- ever happen. But if you did play him with Jamal, let's say um, Bo- Austin Rivers, and then him and Michael Porter next to Yoke, I would look at that and I'd go, defenses would have a hell of a time matching up with him and Michael Porter. They're both huge. They both have physical, you know, like traits that make them hard to match up with, and you'd probably end up having to go bigger than you're comfortable with just to physically match up with both guys. And I love that. Like, we haven't seen an athlete of that caliber alongside Yoke with the, with those measurables outside of AG.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, for
1: sure. I mean, he is like. Remember a couple of years ago when you know the Nuggets, they were the Long Boys. Uh, they they had all was- these longer rangier guys. You know the, the the height of the Jeremy Grant era is when this really happened. But they what just went error. in the total opposite direction, it felt like a little bit. Um PJ Dozier was a part of that era as well. Right. Uh, but Tor Eason is
0: definitely a long boy. Definitely, definitely yeah. a long boy. Yeah. Um, draft superlative, I would give him the most disruptive defender. I don't know if he's the best, but he just gets a lot of steals, a lot of blocks, a lot of hands on the ball because he's, again, just has such a high motor and he has such weird measurables. And then lastly, will he be available at 21? I've seen a lot of people in the chat here. Probably not. Probably not. We don't know. There's guys that rise or fall. I'm so... One of the reasons we're gonna cover everybody from like 10 to 30 or whatever is because Michael Porter famously we did not scout him when the Nuggets had that pick, and then we ended up being like, Oh crap, we didn't even ever talk about him. So Tari, I don't think he's gonna go like top 10 or anything like that, but most mocks do have him going comfortably ahead of Denver, 15, 14, 16, somewhere in that range. So he would be a draft day fall guy. Um, all right, real quick, thumbs up or thumbs down on on Tari Eason. What do you think, vote?
2: I mean, my big, my big concern would be drafting, uh, like if he's more of a Jeff Green type, like they have yeah. enough power forwards, but can he be more of a big three, you know, an AG-esque kind of wing forward kind of deal with that defensive versatility and that size. So, I mean, I don't know what position he plays. Don't love the idea that he kind of looks like Torrey Craig when he's dribbling, but <laughs> totally I love, yes. the, love the idea of a versatile defender. So, yeah. I mean, I I think I'm I think I'm mostly into it. Eric, are you into
3: it? I mean, I'm just going off what you guys have said. I've not watched any footage of this guy except for the the right. three shaky seconds, but I I love the idea of having a big wing defender. That's absolutely something the Denver Nuggets need. Um, I'd love especially if we can have Jamal and MPJ coming back to provide the shooting that we are so uh, sorely missing alongside Jokic and then just like a lockdown defender like that sounds amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. so I gotta see. I gotta see him. I can't. I can't. He is a like Corey
0: Craig, man. Like he both gets fouled a ton and fouls a ton. It's like it's perfect. He's, he's a chaos player. It's kind of fun.
1: Harrison. Yeah, that was that was another thing about um, Tari And he averaged nine point three free throw attempts per forty minutes. A ton. Like that's an insane amount, and he shot eighty percent from the free throw line in college. That that bodes really well for his three point shooting going forward. Like nine point three free throw attempts. The leader in college last year, Scottie Pippen Jr. shot ten point one free throw attempts for forty minutes. Yeah. So the guy drew foul after foul after foul after foul, and I think that is just kind of his mentality. He's just gonna go to the rim and attack the rim and use his athleticism and use his length and just having that you know that that diving presence going to the rim. I, I think is something this team could definitely use.
0: I, I like said thumbs up for sure. I'm thumbs up as well. He's not my typical type of pro, uh, prospect. There could be a bit of Jaden Springerness to this, where we're all like picturing the best fill a need guy, not necessarily the best player. And like, we're like, man, if it works out the way he's supposed to, it's like perfect fix. So there might be a little bit of that, but I'm into him. I'm into him. And I do think that foul drawing is really intriguing, especially when you talk about he'll be attacking an empty paint all the time with yo dragging bigs out. So very intrigued i like him i don't think he'll be available at 21. i don't think the nuggets will move up to get him but but he might be a guy that draft night hey draft night supposed to go 16 oh they passed on him okay guy fallen that might be a guy that you kind of take a look at um so we'll cross that bridge when it comes all right let's take a break on the other side we'll get into an even more interesting and certainly more likely pick for the nuggets jalen williams Definitely, definitely. Evaca TV,
1: if you have not been able to watch Nuggets and Avs games this season, or Rapids games, uh, maybe you're into the Rapids. Check out Evaka TV. Uh, What you need to do to get Evaka TV, which has Altitude Sports, which has AT&T Sportsnet, so you can watch the Rockies this summer, which has other national channels as well, go to Evaca.tv slash DNVR. Type in the promo code DNVR. When you sign up, you're going to get $10 off your first three months. That's only $15 per month. The first three months, plus a receiver, no contracts, no hidden fees. You have the option to rent a receiver for $5 a month or purchase a receiver up front for two fifty dollars if you want. But those first three months, $15 a month, you get a free receiver as well. Again, ivaca.tv slash DNVR. Ivaca TV, they're taking over the world. It's a totally new paradigm for TV. You get altitude, you get other national channels. $15 a month for the first three months with promo code DNVR. Also at Lightshade Dispensary right now. They've got a ton of locations across Denver. You guys can pick up some Wana. Wana Optimals fast asleep gummies. If you need to catch up on some eye after the big game, check out Wana. Over-the-counter pharmaceuticals, they knock you out with powerful drugs that leave you in a fog, but Juana Optimal's Fast asleep Gummies offer a holistic plant-based solution that tackles the root causes of sleepiness like stress and pain. It's a fast-acting sleep aid that will have your eyelids feeling heavy in just 5 to 15 minutes. Where can you find Juana? Colorado's premier dispensary light shade with 11 convenient Denver Metro and Aurora locations. The Barnum location, one block off 6th and Federal, now open as well. You guys, if you give them the promo code DNVR, you're going to get 25% off non sale items. Shop online at lightshade.com or pick up at a lightshade location near you. All
0: right, when next up, Jalen Williams. I see some people saying he's going to go in the lottery. Maybe every year there's one guy that like flies 30 spots ahead of where they were in like March. And that's Jalen mm-hmm. uh, Williams right now. Like he was a second rounder two weeks ago. He's had a great com- – I think as people start to get into more of more of it, he's kind of flying up. And then, of course, he had a great week at the combine earlier, um, uh, you know, just this last week. So he might actually not be available there, although I think most mocks still have him in the 20s. Harrison, give us the scouting report. So Jalen Williams,
1: he's a 21-year-old junior – Out of Santa Clara, Mm. Uh, he's a forward, six foot six with a seven foot two wingspan. Insane, Um,
0: same wingspan. His measurables,
1: yeah, his measurables are off the charts, and this is one of the reasons why he's just really climbing draft boards at the combine. Other than the fact that he can really play, Um, his measurables are crazy. He, I think, recorded a thirty nine inch max vertical. And his max vertical reach was 12 feet, half an inch. That's higher than Aaron Gordon jumped at the combine. That's higher than Rudy Gobert jumped at the combine.
0: It's insane. He also man. finished
1: in the 90th percentile or better in his three-quarter court sprint and his standing vertical. He's just got this combination of speed, vertical jump, and length that like anybody's just gonna drool over. Like his measurables are just insane.
2: And then he and then he knows how to play the game, which I know you're going to get to. But he's not just a measurable darling. I mean, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, the,
1: the, yeah you said it. vote uh, like the number one bullet point on the Jalen Williams scouting report is just elite feel for the game. Yeah. You watch this guy play and your biggest impression is, wow, he he knows how to play like you throw him into a game and this was even the case in these five-on-five scrimmages at the Combine. You throw him in there, he holds his own. He looks like a good player in really any type of basketball environment. Um, he feels like he knows his strengths and weaknesses. He's got, he's got like a lot of confidence and comfort and patience with his game. Super high IQ, really good passer, makes NBA types of passes, like one-handed over-the-head passes, skip passes, can play, make out of the pick and roll, scoring, passing. Um, and then he was a 40% shooter from three last year, 81% free throw shooter. Uh, he, he is confident in his shot, knows how to set the defense up, coming around screens. He just understands the game. And um, the final thing, uh, final like big bullet point on Jalen Williams, the measurables are so interesting because he's this unbelievable athlete but he's kind of a little slow mo when you watch his tape like when he gets to the rim he can jam on people like he can fly down the paint but he's sometimes a little of a below the rim finisher he, he has this like slow mo old man's game to him so the athleticism doesn't always pop but like when it when it does it's it's obvious
0: um so yeah his measurables are like really intriguing to be honest I watched him that was like the last piece I got from him because I was just watching some of the tape some of the like the the scouting videos on him he's smooth I love his feel for the game he has a very advanced pick and roll like timing he's not always just going 100 miles per hour or like very deliberate he just reads the court really really well he's got good touch he's got I just I love his game he's a total like You know my type of guy he almost reminds me of kyle anderson in some of his like movements like he looks a little slow and this or that even though at the combine he tested really well in like shuttle drills and stuff he doesn't play fast um so you look at all those things and you think like my worry with him was like does he have the nba level athleticism but then when you see he does have it he just chooses picks his spots of where to use it to me i see why he is flying up draft boards it should be noted he had a couple underwhelming seasons And then he's had one great one, so he's kind of like a late bloomer where it's like really come on, and that's always interesting, especially when you talk about playing in a small mid-major Santa Clara and not sticking out early on in your
2: career, and then all of a sudden it should
0: be noted. I don't know if it's that important, but it should be noted.
2: So, like, initially mocked at 21, definitely going to be picked at 11 type of guy? That's what it sounds like to me. Maybe. I mean, maybe.
0: I mean, he's has a lot of momentum going right now. Yeah, We've yeah. seen these types of guys all the time. Last year. Yeah. yeah. And so you just don't know if he's going to be that guy and, and, and shoot up the draft boards. He was actually, I think initially like even further back a second mm-hmm. round type guy. Mm-hmm. And he's really starting to climb. Eric. Yeah. All right. Oh, wait. Do you want to get into strengths and weaknesses, Harrison? Well, I was going to talk about the,
1: how he kind of came out of nowhere because this was really like his first like standout year in college. He averaged 18 a game this year, four and a half rebounds, four point two assists, led his team in both scoring and assists. Santa Clara. His his freshman year played 25 and a half minutes a game, seven points. You know, started some of the year, came off the bench some of the year. And then his sophomore season wasn't really good. Reading more into it, like his field goal percentage declined his sophomore year. It seems like it had a lot to do with COVID. Apparently, Santa Clara was forced to play in like a different county from where they usually play at, um, so at the Warriors G League Arena due to the COVID rules in Santa Clara. So this meant the team had to live out of a hotel and like, split court time with three other teams, the women's basketball team and the Stanford men's and women's basketball team. They only had like two hours of practice a day.
0: He'd fit in so year. well at the Nuggets practice facility yeah, perfect, with compromised perfect. facilities. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. so perfect, so, man.
1: Yeah. It seems like there's some reason for the, the not great sophomore season.
0: Awesome. Um, the defense. You want to talk about the defense here? Because w- he's much more of an offensive prospect to me. He's got a good set shot. I know the numbers on it aren't great, but I look at it and I go, man, that's a smooth looking, great balance, great release. Numbers on it were decent. Yeah. His his defense
1: is definitely behind his
0: offense, but a couple things
1: stood out about the defense. Like first of all, his wingspan. His his 7 foot 2 wingspan is just going to really help anybody out. This is what we talk about with Bones and how we all think he's going to be a good defender long term because he's just so long that he can get steals and get deflections that other guys just can't. Um I think his IQ is going to really help him on defense as well. He just kind of knows where to be. A bunch of his highlights on defense are him like coming over from the weak side to double team somebody in the post when they don't know that guy's coming or just intercepting a skip pass like he can read the game pretty well. And then also he's got strong hands. Uh, he just like rips the ball free of some guys as well. So his defense is definitely behind his offense, but I I definitely trust that he can be an above average defender just because of his size and his IQ and feel
0: i think he kind of reminds me of bones on defense in that he's not known as a defender he has the tools to be there and there's reason to think he could grow into it but it's not like he's a natural defender like oh that's who he is he's a lockdown defensive guy i will my thought on it is if you just again hypothetical lineup combinations here if we just said you have jamal murray bones highland uh jalen williams michael porter Jokic, good luck stopping it because Jalen is a guy that could become a third ball handler. Like He looks comfortable. He runs pick and roll with Jokic. It's going to be great. And then you have all that spacing out there. It's going to absolutely murder. Defensively, probably not a championship defensive lineup right there. That's, that's probably what one. If you swap out Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon, another lineup that works. You still have three great three-point shooters plus Jokic spacing the court. Um, all that continuity still works. Your defense goes up a level. So he's really intriguing to me, but he is more of the Bones Highland-esque pick. Where if you were thinking the Nuggets need to find their Herb Jones in this draft, he's not that, but he is a really, really good player that I'm like super
2: intrigued by. Yeah, fit's funny because I mean need and fit can be two different things, right? Like, could you see a slower-paced, high IQ, you know, secondary to tertiary playmaking three playing with Jokic? Yeah, of course, rushing. <laughs> um, yeah, of course, but I do think the biggest need every if we're gonna operate under the pretense that wind you know, out- outlined that they are looking for that Herb Jones guy. Like this isn't it. Right. I think that's right. what we said. And he does- it's
1: it's not it in terms of a defensive guy, but it's definitely it in terms of a guy who can maybe give you some two-way play from day one. Sure. Right. Okay. All right. yeah.
3: yeah. Eric. I mean, I'm intrigued. I don't know. I To me, a big defender is what the Denver Nuggets should go after. Right. Let's it, it, we've heard this said uh, many times. If this guy is, elite defensively like i'm interested if he's not i'm not interested like really that's simple yeah that's kind of it like I, the nuggets really. are in a place i don't know I, the nuggets are kind of at a place where they should not they should draft for need. they kind of should draft for need. Think? Like, i i mean that's always sort of a bugaboo when it comes to drafting but like they <laughs> have their core in place like now this is and it really like I mean, we're worried about Michael Porter. Michael Porter Jr. is the one piece that I'm like the most nervous about coming back into into play and actually being able to be useful like he was previously. But if he's able to, then truly uh, perimeter defense and the ability to help um, not only keep people out of the middle, but then also help once they get into the middle is really all the nuggets need. Who was a championship view, caliber, caliber defender in
0: last year's draft? I think there was Herb Jones, Davion Mitchell. Were there any other guys that you thought like if you plugged them into a championship team, they would fill the role of defensive guy?
3: Uh, Zaire like maybe
0: a little I mean I don't know like he was Who was after last
3: year? <laughs> what are the teams again? Bones I mean, Highland.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is my my point is I'm very bearish on the idea that the Nuggets are going to draft a Impact defender as a rookie. Mm-hmm. I just think that's such a tall task. It might happen, and if that guy's available, a la Herb Jones, you might move that guy up ten spots because he fills the need for you from thirty-one to, to twenty-one. But if it's not, I just I don't know that Denver has to say we're only going. Oh, Mobley, yeah, it's a good call. Although, even Mobley, to be honest with you, like as good as he is, it still takes players that are going to be rim protectors several years um, to get to that point. Grimes, we just didn't see it enough, but but maybe. Um, So there's just – my point is you're talking about a very small list of players, and I don't think Denver can say we have to take an entire draft and whittle it down to the four guys,
3: half of whom are going to be – I mean like how how would you approach this draft philosophically? Are you you just the best player available at at all costs?
0: I think you have to be in the draft. I think you have to be. And here's the thing. If you get – let's say you get a guy like a Jalen Williams, he comes in and he looks just like Bones, only he's taller. The thing about Jalen is he's – more of a three like he could be at the three the two three combo like a combo guard um because of that length so if you have that you might look at bones now as more expendable next year or something like that because you're we get the same production offensively he runs the pick and roll he shoots he does all this and that hey, he watches this show dude i'm not i'm look i'm not trying to trade bones i'm just saying like uh, you're you like you play, uh, and then you can make your pick so jose alvarado there you go although that's a little bit of a, a unique one not not exactly a draft pick um So, sorry. All right, let's get into it. Wrap this up, Harrison. What position is he? I think he's a three, but he's also like a point forward. Yeah.
1: You know, like he can initiate offense. I I think he's got some point guard gene in him too, where it's not like he's bringing the ball up the floor every play, but he can run, pick, and roll. He can, like, dribble. He can handle it. He can run, pick, and roll, like I said. So, I think he'll probably settle in as a three, but he's versatile because of his size and he can just do a little bit of everything on the offensive end.
0: If you run a pick and roll with him and yoke and you have <laughs> Michael Porter bones and Murray spacing, it's like, come right. on, man, nobody's stopping that. And he's so big that the guy guarding him is likely going to have to be big to keep up with him. I, I offensively, I love it. I love these types of players. They're my types of guys.
2: Yeah. It kind of seemed like a really big guard to me in a lot of ways. You know, I know it's not the entirety of his game, but he certainly has that that element to it. All right, next one.
1: Uh, Will he be available at 21? Originally, he was a second-round pick, like we were talking about earlier, but he's risen into the first round, even getting a little bit of lottery buzz. I don't think that happens. I think he'll settle into uh, the middle of the first round should be right in the range of the nuggets at 21. Should be right in that range. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. And um yeah, I think that's it here. I mean, I, I think it'd be a nice pick. I just think he's a player, man. Like the number one thing I I want in a player if I had to just pick one attribute is just IQ. Feel for the game. Like yeah. like those two things go hand in hand for me. And Jalen Williams it seems like he just knows how to play. Um, it, it seems like he could give some Denver something from his rookie year. I don't think he needs to like be a guy you put in the G League for an entire season. Uh, so I,
0: I like it. Yeah, and I think you start to extrapolate the young guys with Yoke. Let's say you have a young guys lineup that features Bones, Zeke, Jalen Williams, and Jokic. Like I kind of like it. I'm like, okay, you got two great ball handlers and. You got a floor spacer. You know, you've got some length. You got weird measurables all across the board. They all have weird defensive pluses. So I'm a big fan. This is, of the two guys, it's my favorite. Um, even though defensively, it doesn't plug the need that Denver needs or might not plug the need. Um, I just love it. You guys know that he's a Lonzo ball esque player to me.
3: Like, oh God. He God. Here we he go. Like, what? We were Waited off. i until an he hour. Doesn't, he,
0: doesn't play like show. he sees the game. Like got players. Bones is this way. Like players that see
2: the game. I'm like, Oh man, Yoke's going to love this dude. Game. We, we were off air and wins. Like I can't wait for Adam to start watching. <laughs> yeah, and 10 seconds, 10 seconds into the scout. I love this guy.
1: Yeah. When you're around somebody enough, you just know the types of draft prospects you're going to like. We've all got our yeah.
0: types. I love Mine it. are undersized. Eric. I'm curious, Eric guy.
3: I don't know. Dude. I got. I got. I haven't watched these. I, I, Who I was you busy both making, are you making
0: graphics to look at now. Tari or Jalen?
3: I mean, the ways you, you guys have been talking about Jalen, he sounds incredible. Uh, <laughs> Tari sounds just like. Uh, like he sounds just like a defensive stalwart, which aren't, they're, they're not fun to scout. Like, but that sounds like the guy that we need. My Whenever I am scouting guys, I'm always watching just their mechanics. Like the way that they, Ugh. like the, this is why Quentin Grimes was my guy and why Desmond Bain was, my, was my guy. Like, I love the way the yeah. hinge in uh, the shot of Quentin Grimes to me
0: looked like. I, so can I tell you something? I think body control is like underrated and that's the thing it is. Is like guys that have good shooting form or whatever. It's like, they have good body control. <laughs> control they get their body to do the thing they're trying yeah
3: dude. any anytime I'm I'm looking at new play that this is why I was in love with bones too I just love like the way that he so effortlessly uh, goes about in the basketball and how like readable it is and how like interesting it is and again like the hinge there's something about like really great shooters the way that their their wrist snaps um, that just pops to me I don't know so I, I need to watch I, I, I haven't watched I'll, I'll do that.
0: vote well, Pick between the
2: two; they're both
0: available at twenty-one.
2: Um, uh best. Pl- I'm more intrigued by Jalen, but I think Tari.
0: Are we all Tim Conley?
2: Yeah, dude, that's the problem. <laughs> draft
0: room, and we're like,
2: you know, it'd be awesome. I'm kind of like, you guys should draft bones again. You know what? so I mean, oh, oh dope. I do think I do. I mean, look, it's the philosophy thing. Best, I, I think Tari is a better fit. That's the best way I can put it.
0: I'm telling you, there's just so many good defenders that get drafted, and for that they're like, and then they, they just suck because they have no basketball skill. I don't think Tari's that guy. His production matters a lot, but um, both of them might go ahead. Well, that does it. Do you have anything else, Harrison? You want to put a bow on this? You've drafted, you've scouted these guys more than anyone.
1: I mean, I've spent like one day on these guys. Yeah. I don't know if that's that much more than you. Um, no, I, I think they'd both be good fits in Denver, like. <laughs> That, that's what I was looking to kind of find in, in these first few guys that we looked at, just guys who Denver would draft and you'd look at them and go, okay, like I, I feel good about that. Like, that, that. That would be solid. This guy would bring something to the table that could really help the Nuggets this season. I, I think both definitely fit that bill. The last thing on Jalen Williams, I don't know if you guys see this. My style comp with him is Jeff Green. I see a lot of Jeff Green in his game. Just kind of like younger Jeff Green. Not not the Jeff Green that we saw this season. Um the younger you Jeff Green. The only
3: coasts. Jeff Green we've had.
2: Like he coasts and then it's punctuated by like how did you do that? Like, no, like, he doesn't
0: have a pick like... and roll fill though, that like Jalen Green never was a pick and roll guy like that. Jeff Green? I, Jeff earlier Green. in his Jeff
1: career Green. he handled the ball a lot, Jeff
0: Green did. In Man, Boston. A lot of isolation. A lot of like old school basketball. I don't I don't
1: know. I see a lot of just similarities in like their athleticism and how they run, and like their passing too. I, th- I think there's something
0: yeah. there. Which of the two do you think would make more of an impact next season? Tari. Uh, Tari Eason.
2: Tari. Yeah. Interesting.
0: I think Jay. I'm gonna say Jalen.
2: I think <laughs> the, Nuggets, the Nuggets have. They've got their playmakers and their finishers, man. You know.
0: They've also got a lot of power forwards um all right that does it for today <laughs> hit the like button Just on the way our... tomorrow we may or may not be at a different time i think the presser's in the morning so we'll probably will be at the same time but have to might be have to be a little bit flexible very curious to hear from josh kronky should be a good one uh and we'll continue obviously in our off-season grind hope you guys enjoyed that show we'll see you guys next time